your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 472 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And I have just one question for Ranger Nation out there. Who's feeling good after that win tonight against the New Jersey Devils? Just an absolute thriller from start to finish. The Rangers prevail in a shootout, their first shootout of the season. Uh, 4-3, Chris Kreider nets the game winner in the shootout. And I got to tell you, when they sent Kreider up there to take that shot, and I have to look back at the box score because I don't even remember what round it was at that point. I think it was either the seventh or the eighth round. Uh, But when I saw Kreider lining up to take that shot, and you're in a situation where you know if he scores here, uh, the Rangers win, and we're going away with two points. When I saw Kreider, I said this game is over. I got up out of my my, uh, couch there, and I was kind of just like, I was almost like walking across the floor, like as Kreider was skating in, like kind of moving along with him. And, uh, you know, Kreider just puts a great move on uh, not who was the goalie that came in. Bernier came into the game for the Devils and uh, basically just undressed him, put the puck in the net. At this point, I mean, what else can you say? Just slap the C on this guy. This guy is performing like a captain this season. He's giving you everything you possibly want out of a captain and comes up clutch here with the game winner in the shootout. And apparently, I wasn't the only person that thought that the game was over when I saw Chris Kreider lining up to take this shot here because if you guys watch the replay, and it's something that I tweeted out a couple minutes after this game ended, uh, you can see the Ranger bench, and obviously everybody's on pins and needles. Most guys are standing up. If they're not standing up, you know, they're kind of leaning forward and you know just watching the play develop. Ryan Reeves is sitting on the, uh, you know, the boards there, and he's got his back to Chris Kreider and the area of the ice where Kreider's obviously going to be shooting. And I don't know, maybe it's a superstitious thing. Maybe it's maybe he was doing that the entire shootout. I didn't happen to notice uh, in any of the shots before that, you know, if Reeves is watching or not. Or maybe he said to one of his teammates, hey, Chris has got this. I'm not even going to watch. It might be one of those deals too. Uh, I think it might be that. I think that might have been what was going through Ryan Reeves' head there. But uh, either way, uh, just a fantastic conclusion to what was just a completely wild game for the New York Rangers. And to back up just a little bit, you know, obviously we are we don't want to bury the lead, so we started where the game ended, which was obviously in the seventh round of the shootout. But if we back up just a little bit, I got to give big-time props to the trio of Adam Fox, Artemi Panarin, and Ryan Strom for what these guys did in the overtime period. First of all, pretty much the entire five minutes of overtime were just absolutely crazy. That's first and foremost. And, you know, you get into that three-on-three environment, it's very nerve-wracking, and it's obviously a situation where anybody can win at any second. It becomes a little bit of a crapshoot. And then, of course, the shootout becomes basically a complete crapshoot. But be that as it may, we had a situation where Panarin, Fox, and Strom were all trapped on the ice for two-plus minutes. Uh, Panarin and Fox, for sure, were both out there for more than two consecutive minutes on the uh, three-on-three overtime situation. And Strom, I don't know exactly how long he was out there, but it had to be pretty close to that. 
And then, you know, they finally get off the ice, and Panarin, or actually Panarin didn't leave the ice. He stayed in the play because Mika Zibanejad had jumped on, and obviously he's got a fresh tank of gas, and he's zipping up the ice and trying to set up Panarin. Panarin stays out there because, you know, he saw that they had a shot at a two-on-one there, and if he leaves the ice, you know, you're forfeiting that. You're basically throwing that away. So Panarin stayed in the play. I don't know how he did it. Uh, props to all those guys for really, really hanging tough there. And props to Alex Georgiev as well. Uh, made a couple of nice saves in the overtime period, and I thought had him a heck of a night here. I mean, he gives up the three goals, yes, but when you look at the goals that the Devils score in this game, uh, for starters, you had, I might go a little bit out of order here, but Dougie Hamilton had an absolute snipe and it actually drew some iron and went into the net. So uh, just a perfectly placed shot by Hamilton. A little bit of a lucky bounce on that play for Hamilton as well. And then he also had, he was kind of hung out to dry by some of his teammates is what I'm trying to say. He, um, you know, the Devils were down by a goal late in the third period. All three Ranger forwards behind the uh, Devil goal line. And so the Devils transitioned very quick. And they've got underrated speed, as I think a lot of us found out today. They went going in the opposite direction. And you know, the Rangers hustled to get back, and they did get back. But by then, you know, it, it's obviously just complete chaos. And, you know, you get this guy, I'll get that guy. And, you know, next thing you know, the Devils score. And, um, you know, Georgiev made the initial save on that play as well. Uh, but unfortunately... Zaka was there, and he uh, buried his own rebound. And then I forgot about the first goal, but that was Jesper Bratt on a breakaway. And Georgiev, that, as we've discussed, has been something of an Achilles heel for him. He's not always the best on the breakaway, although he came up big on the breakaway later in this game because Bratt had another breakaway in the overtime period, and Georgiev kicked out his right pad, made a great right skate save to keep the puck out, keep the game going, and obviously allow the Rangers to win in dramatic fashion in the shootout. And then the shootout itself, I mean, Georgiev did a nice job there. The Devils did score on three out of seven, which is a little bit higher of a percentage than you would want, but it's obviously a small sample size, and Georgiev made a, a couple of nice saves to uh, you know give the Rangers a chance there. And one other thing that I got to talk about as it pertains to the overtime and the, uh, the shootout is there were two situations in the shootout where the Rangers were in score or lose territory. And what I mean by that is it was all on the shooter to have to score a goal to extend the game. Uh, at the end of the initial, you know, three versus three, three-round shootout, that, that's what I'm looking to say here. The three-round shootout, you had Dougie Hamilton score a goal in the quote-unquote top of the third inning, so to speak, and that gave the Devils a two-to-one lead in the shootout. And then Panarin's going, and he's got to score. If he doesn't score here, the Rangers lose. It's that simple. Panarin goes in slow up the left side, kind of just drifts back in, stick handles, stick handles, stick handles, and just roofs it. Uh, just beautiful. And it's exactly what you'd expect from Artemi Panarin in a situation like that. Panarin, it's funny because he didn't really have any... Uh, offensive stats in this game as far as points are concerned, but I thought he played a really good defensive game. He made a couple of nice plays and, uh, you know, a couple poke checks, broke up a two-on-one early in this game as well. Uh, really came to play tonight despite not getting on the score sheet. Uh, Artemi Panarin, very easy to forget that he's a, a better-than-average defensive forward, I would say. Obviously, it's not his calling card. You're not looking for him to go out there and lay bone-jarring hits on people or anything like that, but he holds his own when it comes to playing defense, and I thought he did a really nice job in that area in this game here tonight. But getting back to the shootout, then we get a situation where, you know, it's the fifth round and Andreas Yo Andreas Janssen, excuse me, uh, scores for the Devils. And then it's all up to Ryan Strom. Strom, I believe, was two for eight coming in in his career. He goes up the right side, uh, you know, stick handles a little bit and 
buries his shot, and that's just awesome. It's great to see Panarin and Strom come up clutch. And keep in mind, those are two of the guys that were stuck on the ice for like half an eternity in the overtime period. So both those guys were gassed. They're probably still catching their breath a little bit on the bench, and uh, they both come up huge. They both extend the game. And then, of course, you know, Georgiev, a nice save on Pavel Zaka in the seventh round, and that set the stage for Chris Kreider to win it. So uh, we are just scratching the surface here. I haven't even talked about Kako and uh, Lafreniere to a lesser extent, but one thing I will say real quick here is that we just saw the Rangers win a game in which three Rangers who were really up against it, really kind of scuffling coming into this game, and, uh, you know, maybe even catching a little bit of ire from certain Ranger fans, and, you know, not completely unwarranted. I, I think Ranger fans rightfully expect a lot out of these three guys, but those three players are Alex Georgiev, Alexi Lafreniere, and Capo Caco. All three of them played very well in this game. All three of them uh, were big-time contributors in this victory, and they may not have won the game if it had not been for the play of any single one of these three players. And we'll get into that in greater detail in just a second. But first, I just want to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, just wanted to thank you guys once again for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so we got to go ahead and talk about Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco. As I just mentioned a second ago, along with Alex Georgiev, all three of these Rangers a little bit maligned coming into this game, but uh, all three of them stepping up big time. And I figure we'll start with Lafreniere because he had a good game. Capo Caco had a great game. So we'll start with Lafreniere and we'll move on to Caco. Uh, Lafreniere comes away with the one goal, uh, the stuff in from the doorstep there, which was the... I think it was the first goal that the Ranger power play, second power play unit, has scored this entire season. So it was nice to see them finally break through. I mean, I guess they've been close a couple of times, but for the most part, if that top Ranger power play unit doesn't score, then they're probably not going to score on the power play. And, you know, we've talked about this in the past, too. It's a little bit of the chicken and the egg. You know, does the second power play unit not produce because they're not out there enough? Are they not out there because they don't? you know, produce enough and create enough scoring opportunities. A little bit of a chicken and the egg debate there, but be that as it may, uh, Capo Caco gets the assist here. Caco had the puck in the right face-off circle, and I was looking for him to shoot here, but he found Truba kind of by himself along the side of the net on the other side. So he makes a really nice cross-ice pass to Truba. Truba puts it on the net. The puck kind of, you know, trickles into the air and then lands in the crease. And uh, Lafreniere, great job there crashing the net and burying it. So really nice to see him uh, convert on that opportunity there. Uh, so again, he had the one goal. He was a plus two overall. Two shots on goal for Lafreniere and two hits. 13 minutes and 48 seconds of ice time and a minute and 28 seconds of power play time. And he doesn't get credited with an assist on this play and neither does Julian Gauthier, which is really unfortunate because both of these guys set up or at least helped to set up Adam Fox's goal that tied the game at one 
in the second period, fairly early in the second period. Uh, Julian Gauthier with a strong rush up the net. Again, I, I'm intrigued by Gauthier. I, I just like that that combination of size and speed. He's almost like a junior Chris Kreider to me, and clearly he's not at Kreider's level, at least not yet, and who knows if he ever will be. But I just see flashes of potential from this guy, and I like the fact that the Rangers have stuck with him in the lineup, even after recalling Greg McKaig from AHL Hartford. It's nothing against McKaig, but I just want to get a chance to see what Julian Gauthier can do. And again, he doesn't get an assist here, but a really strong, powerful drive to the net. Puts the puck on the net. The save is made. Alexi Lafreniere did a great job uh, crashing the net and following up on the play. He's trying to stuff the puck home, jam it, you know, between the pads there, knock it into the net. He can't do it either. But from Gautier and Lafreniere both crashing the net hard, uh, the Devils kind of panicked, and they tried to clear the puck in a hurry, and that's what they had to do. But Adam Fox is there. He knocks it down. And this goal was almost an exact replica of the goal that he scored against Calgary. Now, that goal ended up being... Uh, overturned because I believe the Rangers were offside on the play, but Fox knocks the puck down and he moves in. He's got the puck on his forehand. He moves to his left to his backhand and flips it into the net. And so that was obviously a great goal and a great job by Gauthier and Lafreniere, you know, working hard and making that happen there. So again, really a nice game by Alexi Lafreniere, one of the better games he's played in a while. And then you go to Capo Caco and this is hands down, obviously, clearly, Anybody who, you could show this game to somebody who's never even watched hockey before. You could show every single game that the Rangers have played this season. They would know this is the best game that Capo Caco has played. He comes away with a goal and an assist. We already talked about the assist, the secondary assist on the goal by Alexi Lafreniere. Uh, he was a plus two on the night as well. Had one shot on goal, blocked two shots, and uh, also had a takeaway. Had 20 minutes and one second of ice time and a minute and 28 seconds on the power play. And so, actually, now I'm looking at this. Uh, it looks like Kako of the Ranger forwards had the fourth most time on the ice. He was fourth only to Mika Zibanejad, Ryan Strom, and Artemi Panarin. And so, again, just a fantastic game by Kako. And, of course, he also scored in the shootout. And given that Kako is now three for five in his career in the shootout, I think we've just found our number three guy for any and all shootout attempts going forward. And that's with apologies to Chris Kreider and Ryan Strom, who each scored uh, during the shootout in this game here tonight. But, man, Kako looks lethal. And there was a game, I think it was against the Penguins last year. That could be wrong, but whoever it was against, uh, he made just a great move and scored, and he did the same thing here. Just a lot of nifty stick work going in and pulls the trigger. Very decisive on the shootout was Capo Caco. So, again, just a fantastic night for him. It didn't come without a hiccup because he had an opportunity to, I believe, give the Rangers the lead. Everything's such a blur at this point because so much happened in this game. But I'm pretty sure the Rangers and Devils were tied at two at this point. And Caco, so let me take it from the top here. The puck is behind the net. It skips over the stick of Mackenzie Blackwood. Ryan Strom tracks it down, and he passes in front to Kako. Now, Blackwood is trying to scramble to get back into the net, do everything that he can. Uh, Kako moves the puck over to the left, and unfortunately, he just missed the open net. And I think it's one of those situations where you almost, as a hockey player, have too much time and too much net to shoot into, which sounds ridiculous, but I think sometimes when instincts just take over, that's the better situation for some of these players, and it was just such a weird play, and Kako's got, you know, this, this wide open net here, and, uh, you know, a good amount of time to shoot. Now, there was a defenseman that kind of got in the shooting lane a little bit, but I think Capo Kako will be the first person to tell you he's got to bury this shot. He was not able to do so, uh, but you know what? That's kind of a theme that we've seen as well. The Rangers pick each other up, and they find ways to grind out wins. We are now 15 games into this season here, the Rangers are 9-3-3. So of the 15 games that the Rangers have played so far this season, they have points in 12 of them. 
That's a heck of a start to the season. And again, it goes back to the theme of the Rangers just finding a way to get it done. And, you know, the storyline that's a little bit tired, not tired. I mean, it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. But it's the thing that we've seen over and over and over again is that Igor Shesterkin steals wins for this team. Well, Igor didn't even play tonight. And the Rangers still found a way to grind and get it done. And like I said, just beautiful to see some guys that have been scuffling a little bit. Uh, Georgiev, Lafreniere, and Kako all stepping up big, all helping the Rangers get this victory here. And something else that I'll say about Kako and Lafreniere real quick here before we move on to some other things is I think we collectively as a fan base, you know, I think for the most part, people still believe in these guys, but there is a little bit of, okay, you know, when are these guys going to get it going? And, you know, there are flashes like we saw tonight with both of these guys uh, contributing in big ways. And we're all kind of waiting for that signature moment that you know, that it could have been tonight. We're all waiting for that moment where they come up with a big game or a clutch goal, whatever it might be, and we will be able to someday look back on this when, you know, three, four, five years from now, when Kako and Lafreniere are both elite players in this league and, you know, big-time leaders on the Rangers and just absolute stallions out there, will we be able to look back at this game against the Devils in November of 2021 here? They won just this crazy game. Both guys contributed. Will we look back and say that was the moment? That was when these guys really kind of found their way in the NHL. Uh, Kako more so than Lafreniere, but I would include Lafreniere in there because, like I said, for all intents and purposes, it should have been a two-point night for Alexi Lafreniere. But will we look back on this and say, man, that that's the moment. That's when both of them really showed up, and that's the moment where they really took off. You know, Do they indeed take off in these upcoming games here? Kako's going to be out there with Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom, so maybe this gets him going a little bit. And it sounds like Ryan Strom was trying to pump him up on the bench a little bit, get him to keep his head up a little bit when he was scuffling earlier in the game. Not really scuffling, but when he missed that empty net there. And Alexi Lafreniere, uh, you know, Sammy Blay got hurt in this game. Believe me, we're going to talk about that as well, everything that happened between Blay and P.K. Subban on that play. But... And you don't wish injury on anybody. Let me say that first and foremost. I think that's pretty obvious. Anybody that's been listening to this podcast, you guys know that I would never wish injury on anybody, especially a player on the New York Rangers. But if Blay does have to miss some time, and fingers crossed that he does not, because I think Blay played well in this game, I think he's played well overall for this team, and a versatile guy that can move up and down the lineup and between both wing positions pretty seamlessly. But if he indeed does have to make some time, you know, now there's an opening on that top line with Kreider and Mika. And do you just go right back to Alexi Lafreniere? Do you throw... Lafreniere out there on the right wing, or do you move Kreider over to the right wing and put Lafreniere on the left wing? I would probably do that. I think, you know, Lafreniere, given that he's been scuffling a little bit, I think the thing to do is to leave him as his natural position, and Kreider's just on fire. I mean, Kreider can deflect pucks into the net from either side of the goal crease, so it doesn't really matter for Kreider as much, I don't think. Um, But, you know, yeah, if Blake can't play, then I think, you know, you give Alexi Lafreniere a chance to hopefully really take off in the games that follow, because, you know, I I mentioned this, I don't think it was too long ago. If the Rangers are going to get to where they want to be, which is a championship team, that's what every team in this league wants to do. And I don't see them as, you know, big time premier A plus Stanley Cup contenders this season. I would love to be wrong about that. But if this team in the next couple of seasons is going to be a bona fide, legitimate, elite team in this league and a team that, you know, is set up to contend for the Stanley Cup championship year in and year out, I don't think they're going to do it without Kako and Lafreniere taking big steps forward. And we just, at this point, You know, they've teased us a little bit in the past, have Kako and Lafreniere, but as Ranger fans, we just keep our fingers crossed that we just saw the moment tonight where these guys really kind of started to feel it at the NHL and really took off. I I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here because, I mean, it's just two points for Kako. It's just one point for Lafreniere, uh, but obviously they played a lot better in this game than they have in recent games, and that's obviously awesome to see. And we will continue to talk about this 
We'll talk about Sammy Blay and P.K. Subban and everything that happened there in just a second as well. But first, just want to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. We are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. We will get to the P.K. Subban, Sammy Blay situation in just a second, but, you know, I'm on Ranger Twitter right now, and uh, something that some of you might be interested in is that it sounds like, according to Gerard Gallant, that Adam Fox was going to be up next in the shootout if Kreider did not score there. If it went one more round, it was going to be Adam Fox stepping up, and I was a little bit surprised that Fox didn't get a chance to go before that. I mean, not that defensemen get that many shootout or, excuse me, breakaway opportunities during the course of a game. But Fox is just so good, uh, you get the feeling you like his chances to score there. I do, anyway. Um, but, yeah, regardless, uh, obviously it worked out. And, um, you know, I, I do want to acknowledge the Sammy Blay, uh, P.K. Subban situation because in the preseason, anybody who watched the game between the Rangers and the Devils, you probably know what happened. You probably know what I'm about to talk about here. But there was a situation where Subban was approaching Reeves from behind and his skate clipped the back of Ryan Reeves' skate, and, you know, Reeves fell backward, uh, kind of twisted his leg under him. It cost him a couple of games early this season, and Reeves was out injured for a little while. I said at the time that I am going to somewhat generously give P.K. Subban the benefit of the doubt. Well, that benefit of the doubt has been completely erased by the way this guy has been behaving so far this season, because you know, if, if we call the play against Ryan Reeves a slew foot, which I hesitated to do because I thought it was just more of just a careless play, I thought that possibility was at least there that it was more of a careless play than a dirty play by P.K. Subban. I'm not completely excusing it, but I thought it's just one of those situations where, you know, he just messed up, basically. Um, since that has happened, we've seen two other incidents with P.K. Subban uh, slew footing players and then another one tonight. So he's up to four slew foots from that preseason game against the Rangers up to current day. And we're only, like I said, a handful of games into the season here. Let's see how many games the Devils have played. That was the Devils' 14th game of the season. So from the end of the preseason up to 14 games into the regular season, P.K. Subban's up to four slew foots. And that is not good. And as I tweeted during this game tonight, there is a receipt coming for P.K. Subban. Now, I know a lot of people were somewhat upset at Ryan Reeves for not going after P.K. Subban after this. I will give him something of a pass because when this happened, uh, the game was tied, and this was, you know, a really intense back-and-forth game. It was one of the more evenly matched games that I thought the Rangers have played all season. I mean, when you look at, I don't know about necessarily the stats, but when you just look at the flow of this game, it felt like it was, you know, 50-50 as far as who had the better of play, and it was just going to come down to the wire, and indeed it did. You know, we needed a seven-round shootout to settle this thing. But bottom line, the Rangers are playing a rival. They're in a tie game, and they're in the third period. I don't think Ryan Reeves wants to attack somebody and, uh, you know, risk his team being shorthanded at that point. But the Rangers and Devils will play again later this season. I, I believe I heard in the broadcast that it will not happen until March, so we got a long time to wait. Um, but 
when that game rolls around, somebody needs to go after P.K. Subban. I think it should be Ryan Reeves. I mean, look, P.K. Subban has made this bet, and now he's going to have to lie in it. And, you know, he might pull a situation like he did with Chris Kreider, where he didn't want to fight him in the preseason, refused to drop the gloves when Kreider challenged him at the start of the second period. Maybe he'll do the same thing, but you know what? If you start punching him, he's going to start to punch back, or he's going to at least have to try to drop his gloves and defend himself. Because P.K. Subban... Like I said, he's got a big-time receipt coming from this New York Ranger team. Uh, fair game to say at this point, P.K. Subban is a dirty player. I don't have any problems saying that. I don't have any problems being uh, that definitive about it either because uh, the evidence is really piled up in a heck of a hurry here at the uh, start of this season and, of course, everything that happened in the uh, preseason between Reeves and Subban. So, yeah. Rangers need to take matters into their own hands, and uh, they need to go after him uh, come hell or high water the next time these two teams play each other. P.K. Subban needs to be put in a situation where he has to answer uh, these, frankly, reprehensible actions. Four slewfoots? Four slewfoots. We're 14 games of the regular season. He's got four. So basically, he's going to have to answer to his actions when uh, the Rangers and Devils play each other again later this season. And, you know, obviously, we spent a lot of time talking about Kako and Lafreniere and everything that they did in this game. I realize I haven't really broken down Capo Kako's goal. I mean, I know a lot of you guys watch these games, and you probably saw it just as well as I did. But this was a thing of beauty and definitely worth reminiscing about uh, in this episode here. So Kako is in the neutral zone, and uh, Ryan Graves has the puck for the New Jersey Devils. Kako steals the puck. He goes in up the right side. He makes a centering pass to Ryan Strom. A little give and go. Strom gets it back to Kako, and Kako uh, brings it toward the crease and pulls the puck from his backhand to his forehand and tucks it in the far side of the net and gives the Rangers a 3-2 lead with about 13.30 to go in the third period. Just crazy. Now, there was some contact with Mackenzie Blackwood on this play, and Blackwood initially stayed in, and I think it might have been the NHL, you know, the whole concussion protocol thing, uh, them having him leave the game, and Jonathan Bernier took over from there. I was a little surprised that maybe the Devils didn't look to challenge here, especially because, you know, it broke a tie. It's pretty late in the game. Um, but hey, you know, Capo Caco, either way, uh, fantastic player. First of all, he steals the puck. So a little bit of grit there. And then, you know, the give and go with Strom, once again, a thing of beauty, Ryan Strom, one of the best passers on the Rangers and, um, you know, Caco finishes from the doorstep and that's just pure skill taking over at that point. The move he put on Blackwood at the very end there, pure skill, can't always teach that kind of stuff. Can't always teach those kinds of hockey instincts. And uh, he scores an absolute beauty here, like I said, to give the Rangers a 3-2 to lead. And bounce back very nicely from his earlier opportunity when he missed the wide open net. Could have, uh, I believe, snapped a tie at that point in the game as well. Uh, he was not able to do so, but obviously he didn't let it bother him because he scores here and then scored once again in the shootout. And we've talked about Alex Georgiev quite a bit in this game as well, but I wanted to kind of point the spotlight at what I thought was probably his best save of the night, and that's saying a lot because he really uh, made some good ones here. But it was right after Adam Fox scored to tie the game at 1-1 in the first period, and we've talked in the past about how the Rangers are not always razor sharp on the shift that follows a goal. Now, it must be said, in their most recent game against the Blue Jackets, uh, they absolutely were. They Fell behind 2-1, to one, and then they scored three goals on the next three shifts to take a 4-2 lead. So the tide could be turning there, uh, but the Rangers were caught back on their heels a little bit after they tied the game at one here, and Ryan Graves took a shot from you know kind of inside of the left faceoff circle, and Alex Georgiev, full extension, reaching over to his left with his glove hand, absolutely just snags it. Uh, it was one of those shots that looks like it's ticketed for the net, but Alex Georgiev had other ideas, and he kept the game tied there. Uh, what I thought was his best save of the night, and it came in a big spot, too, because the Rangers had just tied the game. You don't want to give the lead right back, and Alex Georgiev made sure that they did not, in fact, do that. 
And then the only other thing that I wanted to do before we wrap up for today, I, I realize this is kind of a chaotic episode, but it was a chaotic game, so it only makes sense. It's only appropriate. Um, but I wanted to kind of spotlight the Rangers schedule. We've talked about it a little bit, but the Rangers are currently two games into a six-game stretch here that I really think they need to take advantage of. And thus far they have because they beat the Blue Jackets 5-3 to on Saturday. Obviously, they just won this 4-3 to crazy shootout game against the Devils here on Sunday. It's Sunday as I'm recording this anyway. Uh, but then looking at these next four games in front of them, the Rangers are at home against the Canadians who cannot be anybody right now. Uh, that Stanley Cup appearance probably feels like it happened about a decade ago to anybody cheering for that team right now. Uh, they just have not been good. That's, that's the bottom line. They just have not been good, and the Rangers are playing host to them. They should be able to win that game. That's on Tuesday at 7 p.m. And then on Thursday at 7 p.m., the Rangers travel to Toronto to take on the Maple Leafs. Now, that's going to be a tough game. The Maple Leafs are obviously a good team. They have a lot of firepower. And the Rangers did beat them in overtime earlier this season. But that was because Igor Shesterkin was an absolute human cheat code during that game, stood on his head, and just committed highway robbery. Uh, flat out just stole that game. I mean, Igor stole in a few games this year. None more impressive than that initial game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So that'll be a tough one. But then on Saturday, uh, you are home against the Senators at, or excuse me, you're away against the Senators at 1 p.m. and you are home against the Buffalo Sabres on Sunday at 6 p.m. So this is a pretty soft portion of the schedule here. And we know that the Metro is just absolutely wild. Uh, the Rangers really need to take advantage of this as they have thus far, but they got to keep it going and uh, beat the teams they're supposed to beat here. And there's at least three of them, uh, the Canadians, the Senators, and the Sabres. But that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Just an awesome win for the Rangers. And if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.